Support for home pricing trends comes from the Real Estate Initiative at Florida Atlantic University. The purpose of the FAU Real Estate Initiative is to investigate and share real estate knowledge and information with the local community, region, state, and the nation. Learn more at business.fau.edu slash real estate. I'm Ken Johnson with Florida Atlantic University's College of Business, and this is Home Pricing Trends. The latest BH&J Buy versus Rent Index release is out. Currently, the nation as a whole has a BH&J score of 0.0538. If we unravel our model, this is telling us from a pricing standpoint that we are about 6 to 7% above the nation's long-term housing price trend. In other words... Housing right now is about 6% overpriced. Now, is that worrisome? Of of course it's worrisome. However, if you go back to the 2006-07, that number was coming in at somewhere on the order of magnitude of 50% overpriced. It varied from one city to the next, but as a general rule, the degree of overpricing and 2006 and 7 was far more dramatic than it is today. Our scores are lower today. The BH&J score of 0.0538 puts us at about a toss-up between should you be renting and reinvesting monies that would otherwise go into housing, or should you be owning and building equity? In other words, should you rent or buy? So it's about a toss-up around the country, which is to be expected, given that our prices are slightly above the long-term pricing trend. And it's the reason this is so in housing is that housing is both a, a financial instrument, in other words, that it can increase your wealth, but it's also a consumption good. So even though our scores are technically in rent territory, that doesn't mean on average people won't be owning and building equity as opposed to renting and reinvesting. But right now, as a whole around the nation, it's about a toss-up. That's not true in every city around the nation. Some cities actually have negative buy versus rent scores, BH&J scores, which indicates in those markets, for example, and Chicago is one, and Cincinnati, where your scores are such that it's suggesting that you should be owning and building equity. On the And, and those cities... they're either right at or just below the long-term pricing trend. In other cities, it's dramatically more in favor of renting and reinvesting. Dallas, Denver, Houston, Seattle, all have rather significant BH&J scores with Dallas, Denver, and Houston having having the highest scores, although they're coming down recently, and that's kind of good. You expect to see this as you approach the peak of a housing cycle, which all evidence indicates that we are right now, is that we're getting near the peak of the housing cycles around the country. So we should be expecting in the past, you'll see BH&J scores start to settle just before you get to a peak. Okay. So in, in addition to our scores coming down somewhat, you tend to see property appreciation rates slowing to even turning to slightly negative. So some cities have really high BH&J scores, and they're significantly above their long-term pricing trends, of which I named a few, Dallas, Denver, Houston, Seattle. Even Miami, to some extent, is beginning to creep into that territory. 
But most of the cities, other than Dallas, Denver, and Houston, their scores today are nowhere near as dramatic as they were a decade plus ago. Um, what does that mean, though, as, as we look around the country? Uh, interestingly enough, uh, cities such as Honolulu, Hawaii, are almost at a BH or at a BH and J score approaching zero. So it's sort of a toss-up. Even though Hawaii is an expensive place to live, whether you're renting or owning, it's you're pretty indifferent. So therefore, the pressure on housing prices in Honolulu should be pretty minimal where the pressure on housing prices in Dallas, for example, should be rather significant. In other words, the prices are just too high to be able to expect future gains. So cycles, housing cycles today, they've all, it's always cycled. But the magnitude of the cycles are much more dramatic today than they've ever been other than the last cycle. So our data goes back about 40 years, and we can encounter a number of cycles in there. And and prior to 2006 and seven, the cycles were such that even if you bought at the peak, it didn't really hurt you that much. In a year or two, you would be right back on that long-term pricing trend. If you happen to buy in, in the trough of a cycle, at the bottom of a cycle, you got like an extra year's worth of appreciation. So the cycles just weren't so dramatic. The last housing cycle that culminated with a crash in six and seven, or starting in six and seven, was by far the cycle with the greatest magnitude. It swamped everything that had come before it. Where we're now is we're getting back to the peak of the latest housing cycle. And yes, it's greater. The magnitude of this current housing cycle, subtract the last cycle before this, is is significant is large, but when comparing it to the last cycle, it's pretty small. And to give you some numbers uh, and translating more again, our our model could always be unraveled and back out and extract out average price appreciation in different markets around the country. To give an example, or several examples would be that Palm Beach County, where we're located here, is currently about 17, 16% over and above its long-term pricing trend. A little unnerving, but when you compare it to a decade plus ago, that was 67%. So where are we all going? What's going to happen to our housing markets? We're clearly, and this is true not only in South Florida, but around around the nation, we're clearly reaching the peak of the current housing cycle. Some cities are more dramatically overpriced than others, although those are in the minority. Most cities, metro areas, have seemingly learned from the last time around when there was such a disastrous consequence of of, of being so overpriced that they're not that dramatically overpriced these days. If you compare or if you equate what happened in, in, in six and seven or during the last housing crash, the start of the housing crash and what ultimately resulted, you could say that was a Category 5 hurricane. This time around, it's looking more like a tropical storm for most of the nation's housing markets. I would worry if I was in Dallas, Denver, and Houston, Seattle, perhaps a couple of other cities. The higher the BH&J score, the more likely the impact's going to be significant. I would worry in those particular areas uh, and be far more aggressive in, 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 in bargaining in terms of house prices that I was trying, if I was trying to buy a house right now. 
But in most cities, it looks like we're going to have a a slow regression to the long-term pricing trend, a slow regression to to the mean value. In other words, we can project a long-term pricing trend. And right now, we're just above that trend, not significantly. And all you really need at that point in time is to have the trend be steeper, if you will, or a higher average rate of appreciation than what's going on in your market. So you will see, which has historically happened most times, you have this slow reversion back to the trend. Last time around, the reversion was not slow and it fell way below the trend. This time around, I think most of us are going to see that property appreciation will slow at a rate uh, that is less than the pricing trend in, in, in your particular metro area. So your area might be appreciating at 1%, excuse me, at 5%, but your housing market might only appreciate at 2%. So one or two years of that, and you're going to be pretty close or right back on the long-term pricing trend. There might even be some negative price declines. I don't see them being significant. There's too many outside macro factors that are acting in the favor or serve to support uh, housing prices right now. Uh, Shortage of supply, low mortgage rates, uh, strong economy. These things are helping us make a slow reversion back to the mean and, and, and far less painful in terms of dropping prices, or they should, in effect, work that way. Um, so I guess I would conclude by saying, you know, where are we right now? We're at the top of the trend. Something's going to happen and happen soon. Should not be as dramatic as last time around. Some cities are more exposed than others. And then the other thing you have to ask yourself as a consumer is where are you in terms of the the housing cycle? You have to ask yourself that now all of the time. In the old days when the cycles just were not, just to not deviate much from the long-term pricing trend, you could buy and hold. But now housing is becoming a little bit more like equities that have a little bit more of a cyclical component in terms of magnitude. And in that case, you have to worry about, am I buying at the top of the cycle or am I buying at the bottom of the cycle or somewhere in between? Clearly, you know, we don't know exactly. We don't know in the present if we're at the top or the bottom of the cycle. We can only tell that in the rearview mirror. We can tell once we've passed either a peak or a trough in the cycles. But here's here's definitely what's true. If you're above the long-term pricing trend, and housing appreciation is starting to slow down and our BH&J scores are starting to turn over, it's suggestive that the market is turning and you're buying at the top of the cycle. It's not going to go up that much, if any. On the other hand, when you're at the bottom of the cycle and you start to see our numbers trend up, the BH&J numbers trend up, you, you start to see things like the property prices slowly start going up and they're, they're, the property appreciation starts to increase at an increasing rate, you're clearly coming off the bottom. So when you're off the bottom of a cycle, purchasing a home is, is almost always better than renting and reinvesting. Purchasing and building equity is almost always better than renting and reinvesting. On the other hand, when you're at the top of the cycle, renting and reinvesting will almost always win. Then the difference is, where are you in the cycle? And a good gauge, besides our numbers, is simply to look at where you are in terms of pricing relative to where your market, your particular market, should be. Those numbers are within our model. 
we like our scores a little bit better because it tells us something about the pressure, upward or downward pressure on the demand for home ownership. And it helps give people a little bit better understanding of what they should be doing. But you should always be looking at these two things. How is my pricing in my local area? And what is my BH&J score in my local area? So that's it for today. And thank you for listening. I look forward to the next time that we get together. Our goal here with the BH&J Buy Versus Rent Index is not to make decisions for you as, as the consumer of, of, of real estate either seller or our buyer but our goal is to help you make a more informed decision and not make it in such a vacuum of well i should always own or you know owning is always better than renting that's not always the case anymore so our goal is to give you better information and i look forward to coming to you again soon as a reminder you can find the bhnj index at business.fau.edu forward slash buy versus rent you can also follow us on Twitter at FAU Housing Econ. Home Pricing Trends is part of the FAU College of Business Podcast Network. Learn more at business.fau.edu forward slash podcasts. Mm-hmm.